Hello, everyone. Welcome to another series of, of influential employees on social media as part of the Autolytic and Tribal Impact Employee Advocacy uh, content series. And today, we're um, delighted to be joined by Zoe Sands, a social media community lead at Veritas. A very warm welcome to you, Zoe. Thank you, Tim. Um, pleasure to be here. Fantastic. So um, would love you to introduce yourself to all of our listeners. Um, maybe a bit about yourself and, and your journey on social media. I know that you've been in the motor industry, the IT industry, and uh, you know, obviously you've built up a, a really impressive social media presence. So we'd love to, to, to hear the sort of top level summary and then we'd love to dive in and uh, interrogate you in terms of how, how well you've done and uh, how you've got there. Yeah, be gentle with me, be gentle. <laughs> well, so. We promise to be gentle. <laughs> Tim, it sounds like you've got a bit of a cold. Have you got a bit of a cold? Oh, yeah, sorry. I don't normally have this croaky voice. I've just uh, no, I was gonna say, picked up something from my son at nursery. So, um, of course, yes, that's how yeah, it happens, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> sorry, yeah. Zoe, go on. <laughs> no, you're okay, Sarah. So, welcome, everyone. I'm Zoe, um, as Tim introduced. So, I've been doing digital for a very long time. If you want to find out the exact uh, date, um, you can see that on my LinkedIn profile, but it's been a couple of decades and I think we shan't say any more than that. So I have been around for a little while and I first cut my teeth in sort of digital in the motor industry, as Tim alluded to um, earlier, and then uh, went into the IT industry working for companies like Dialogic, Cisco. That's where I got introduced to social and the community aspects and basically the rest has been history you know moving on to other IT vendors like uh, Juniper Networks and then of course my um, current role at Veritas Technologies um, but yeah I, I think uh, social digital is the way forward and you know I've thought that ever since um, the late 90s so there I am giving you a little bit of a allude into how old um, I actually am there but yeah it's it's a continuous journey and it's continually changing and as we know there are networks popping up all the time and I think it's really important to stay um, on the cusp of that you know learning and sharing from other people and that's how you know we can you know build you know better experiences for end users at the end of the day because that's ultimately who we are um, communicating to um, online with our uh, respective businesses that we work for uh, and what how do you um so your journey started quite so you were obviously using like social media while you were in your cot zoe so you know you were crawling <laughs> <laughs> around with the i've got an amazing picture of my daughter who took her first selfie when she was crawling she grabbed my phone i didn't know she had it she's got this amazing picture um of her first selfie she's only about 18 months old but so she's um, going to be on this in 20 years time saying the same thing Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. And, and she'll have the evidence as well. So <laughs> it's amazing. So how because you've been on social, you have been you were one of the very early adopters building community way before it became anything, you know, you, that other people have started to do, mm -hmm. Zoe. So, you know, where, where, what social platforms are you on? So where are you active today? So primarily, my primary um, place is LinkedIn from a business perspective and then um, Twitter. I, I suppose when I first started out, I used to love Twitter. You either love or hate it. And it's it's gone very much not in the way that I 
liked it when it first started out. You know, it used to be that sort of community feel to Twitter. And now it's more about fake news. It's more about trolling, you know, that broadcast mechanism out there. And of course, you know, a lot of businesses use it for breaking news and the, the news channels do as well. And of course, things, you know, do evolve with LinkedIn. You know, that is my primary communication, you know, for business um, at, at the end of the day. And also where I've built um, that biggest um, sort of influence, I would say, if you want to call it um, that. But I do like Instagram. I love that. You know, we're all sort of like visual aspects, aren't we? We love that visual learning and things like that. And it has its own sort of uh, sub community in there, dependent on what you're interested in. I'm not that big a fan on Facebook, if I'm honest. And I think that comes from what happened with the data exploitation with Cambridge Analytica and kind of got turned off with that, you know, exploiting users and things like that. So, um, yeah, that's where I am at at the moment. I focus on those. And then, of course, you know, I found um, a new love, um, which is Reddit. Uh, we can talk about that um, later on. <laughs> what about Clubhouse and TikTok? You over those on those platforms yet? <laughs> Yeah, I've I've dabbled in there, but I, I really don't have any interest. Um, in all honesty, um, to be quite honest, I mean you you've got to, you've got to pick the networks that have most value for you, um, and those don't have um, you know any value for me um, at the moment. So I've got two questions, but the first one is, how did you build such a massive audience on LinkedIn? So you've got sixty nine thousand followers on LinkedIn which is you know, pretty incredible. I don't see people with those kind of numbers. I know that a lot of people are fascinated by, you know, if they've got 2,000, they think, oh, I could never get to Zoe's level. Could you talk through, like, how you did that and whether it was something that happened in a specific sort of 12-month period where organic reach was, was you know, more easy to achieve in LinkedIn? Or you know, how did you achieve that? Yeah, so as I've said, I've always been quite active on um, LinkedIn. It's always been that network where I've actively gone out um, to develop those um, connections. But there is a, a distinct difference between the followers and the connections I have. So the connections that I have is less than 3000. And I am very sort of sort of critical in who I am inviting into my network. And, and that's because, you know, I want to protect that network and have value. I'm not going to connect with people that I don't know, that I've not worked with, I've not had any experiences um, with, because I don't know what the value of that connection is going to be. Um, and it could be a one-sided connection um, in all honesty. Um, from the follower perspective, that all kind of started happening and because I was writing a lot um, on LinkedIn. And in 2016, um, I got nominated as one of LinkedIn's um, top voices. And yeah, and that's how it basically happened um, from then. It was like kind of a snowball um, effect, really, because at the end of the day, LinkedIn is really about creating that content um, and writing um, that content and, and sharing it rather than just they want you to be on the platform. So if you are creating that content, effectively creating a blog around your profile, you're going to be more attractive to people that are on um, the network. And then, of course, you're going to be fooling um, the algorithm and triggering the algorithm to gain followers. Mm -hmm. That's good. Did you have two questions, Tim? What was she well, the, well the, the other one was about Reddit. Uh, I know that you're keen to talk about that. And mm. you know, 
and and what communities uh, feel. So I'd love to get your perspective on Reddit, but from a personal perspective, but also how businesses can tap into Reddit, because you know that's a question that I get asked quite a lot, and I think it's going to become more and more important. Yeah, I, I I think sort of like Reddit has had a resurgence this year, hasn't it? Really, it's hit the news big time with uh, Wall Street bets. Uh, taking on Melvin Capital. Um, and for those that don't know, um, that's a hedge fund, a very a rich um, hedge fund. And the retail traders who are in this group that's um, named Wall Street Bets nearly took down um, a hedge fund. Um, and basically what the hedge fund was doing was shorting a lot of um, against businesses to make money themselves and Wall Street bets took them on. And instead of going short, they were going long and push um, stock prices up uh, for like a company called Game um, as an example. And that's really a great example is like what the power of the com community can have and how rather than being an individual influencer and what power you have as an individual, the power of a community and the power of people coming together, what they can actually do. And of course, you know, that has a, a phenomenal um, impact and can have a phenomenal impact on businesses, both from a negative perspective and also a positive one. And this negative one, this example with Melvin Capital is obviously, you know, that could have forced that business to go bust ultimately with a huge amount of of debt um, and risk associated with that bit of business because obviously it didn't bet on Wall Street bets would take try to take them down. But yeah, you know, I, I think there is a huge opportunity with communities, both with creating those communities on your own platform, and that obviously takes a long time to do, or finding these specific communities that are out there that are relevant to your particular industry and the industry that I work in is IT, so there are communities like IT Toolbox, Spiceworks, you've got Reddit as well. And it's finding those community elements that are relevant to your business. I mean, there are conversations going on in these sort of, um, sort of almost like chambers. I'm not going to call them echo chambers because an echo chamber is when somebody's in there just spouting their own broadcast messages, but they're in these chambers and, and they're influencing others and they can be potentially influencing uh, buyers as well, rightly or inadvertently wrongly. So um, it's really important to decide on what your strategy is going to be when it comes to um, social media. Yes, you've got that broadcast element and that's very much what social media is moving towards. You know, dare I say it, it's moving away from this sort of community, this conversation where a lot of businesses are now broadcasting out almost like email. Um, so you really need to have that sort of two-way flow conversation with this community um, element. And you can use it for ideation, uh, for gaining, um, you know, even looking at what other people um, are doing as well, you know, your competitors in those communities and asking the community at large for feedback as well um, on there. It is a frightening place. I'm not going to uh, lie. It isn't because a lot of this is done under anonymity. And, you know, in a lot of uh, 
communities, you have the screen warriors. And so it's not for the faint hearted or those that are not <laughs> thick skinned, as I should say. Uh, so you do need to sort of um, harden up, but you also need to have, you know, sort of policies in place and what you going to accept as acceptable behavior just as you have your own social media policy you'll need to um you know integrate a community policy and, and what you think um are the aspects that are acceptable and sort of like the boundaries of the community is what i'm um, trying to say there mm. it's an interesting one reddit you know because it's come up with a, in the us i think a lot of people use it a lot maybe more than over here um but, you know, for my antisocial husband, antisocial media, he's all over Reddit. He loves mm -hmm. it. It's a community that he, he's found his place, I think. And there's lots of DevOps people in there. Um, and a customer of ours who were doing some social media monitoring, they, you know, when they looked at this, they saw, they thought all the conversations might be happening on LinkedIn, but actually they were all happening on Reddit. So yeah. it's bubbling up. It's quite an interesting one, isn't it? Have you had much experience, Tim? With Reddit, then if you. No, I haven't. I was actually thinking. Um, 2007, I was in San Francisco and I visited the dig offices, the, your DIGG. Yeah. You know, back oh, when yes. we used to talk about social bookmarking sites like Dig and Reddit and stuff like that. Mm. And actually, I don't know what happened to Dig. Maybe it went bust or maybe I just haven't talked about it. But Reddit's the only one that seems to be really current and yeah. has stayed the course. So I don't, I don't know too much about it, apart from when we're doing social listening and insights work to see some of the links that people are sharing you know, from Reddit. And obviously, you know, we're, we're, so we always talk about where the communities are, where your audience is. And, and it's, uh, yeah, it's fascinating to see whether it's on Reddit or Clubhouse or Twitter Spaces or LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook groups, because the, I guess what you're saying, Zoe, is the, the groups and the community thing. People were talking about LinkedIn groups and then Facebook groups seem to perform a lot better than LinkedIn groups. And and then we're talking about Reddit community. And, and so I think this kind of social place where communities pop up and are driving value for individuals and brands is seems to be changing and evolving so quickly. Mm. Um, I mean, Clubhouse, you know, there are good communities there, but maybe it's Reddit. Maybe it's, maybe it's um, I mean, some one of our investors is trying to recreate Bebo and has done a couple of times, um, you know, from the initial um, social networking sites. So there's lots of new social networks popping up to try and build communities. Yeah. And it must, I mean, it's really difficult from a brand and from a personal standpoint to, to, to keep abreast of it. Yes, yeah. And it's, it's sort of like you're having to continually uh, keep up with the latest trends and, you know, finding out where you're user bases really at the end of the day um, because you know the social networks they all go through fads don't they and fashions and everything else like that and you know all the cool people move on to the next latest um, thing and then leave the laggards behind on on the um, main networks and things like that and it, it's just trying to find where those uh, conversations are but I think that the the most sort of valuable conversations are the ones where people have that anonymity um, on those sort of um, communities because they're not having things tr um, traced back to them and that can be a good thing and it also can be a bad thing as well because you know we know what happens with that um, sometimes with you know those trolling um, aspects on there but you know in communities such as it like I've mentioned Reddit because that's going to be more um, open for everybody who's listening on here the other networks that i mentioned were specifically for it so a lot of people may not want to um you know invest in 
those sorts of networks. But Reddit has topics and groups, boards for anything that you can think of, really. You know, your wildest thoughts um, are on Reddit. So I would just, you know, say to people, just set up a personal account and just have a look and just lurk there. We, you don't, just because you um, create an account doesn't necessarily mean you have to be active on there. When it comes to Reddit, yeah, I'm a member of it, but I'm not active in those boards posting stuff because I've used my real name um, on my username because I wanted to grab that. So um, I'm not active on there because I don't want to say like, you know, one million people, you know, coming after me and stuff like that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm happy to be lurking there, you know, watching, you know, because that's all about learning as well. And bringing those learnings back from you know the community to um, other networks as well. Yeah, I that's um, I tell you what I'm inspired actually because nobody's talked about Reddit on these on these chats, have they, Tim? I don't think it's the first time it's come up. So yeah, we, we mentioned it fleeting, but no one no one that's really talked about it. They just yeah. it was a passing reference, but yeah, I think yeah. you're the first person to feature on it, which is amazing. Yeah, might have a little look myself now then over my husband's shoulder. Um, have I've a got look. <laughs> have a look on his account. Um, yeah, just a quick one for you, Zoe, because I want uh, the topics that you're passionate about. Because very recently you experienced something, didn't you, on LinkedIn? I'd love you to share that. And if anyone's watching or listening, please put some you know comments or questions in. But do you want to share that? Because I think that leads to the topics that you're quite passionate about on social. Do you want to share with yeah, the audience? What happened? Yeah. So a month ago, um, somebody impersonated me on LinkedIn, and that wasn't, you know, um, just sort of like my name or anything like that. They actually took a almost a complete copy of my profile and started reaching out to people and pretending um, to be me. Um, so obviously that's, you know, quite a shocking thing when you find that out and you do a little search of your name on LinkedIn and two profiles come up and you think, uh, what's that all about? Uh, and then you dig into it. And of course, you know, somebody um, set that profile up and then started reaching out um, to people that um, I knew um, and started connecting um, with them. And, you know, although I do you know, sort of like LinkedIn and I do respect it and things like that, I think there are obligations for the social networks to protect users. I mean, ultimately, they are taking our data and they are using that to make a lot of money. And in return, what are they uh, supplying us with? They're not supplying us with any form of protection uh, whatsoever. They're not doing any verification. This profile was not verified uh, before it was set up. Um, they were using my image, you know, my LinkedIn photo, all the images that I had um, on LinkedIn. There was no alert on LinkedIn to say, hey, this is a complete copy of somebody else's profile. Should that be flagged up? There, there's no reason why that cannot be done with the technologies. There's no reason that uh, a photo verification cannot be done. So if somebody's uploading a photo um, of me, then their face should recognise and they should have facial recognition um, on there. And yeah, there is a big responsibility. I think in the UK, our laws are changing. And I don't know if people, you know, are aware of the new um, online safety legislation that's coming into effect um, this summer. And it does put a lot of emphasis more on 
the social networks and how they need to be creating a safe environment uh, for um, users. Ultimately, they're making a lot of money out of it, so they should be creating that safety environment. And you know, it's going to be very much similar to how GDPR uh, came about, um, is that you will be able to self-report um, against uh, these um, networks and they will be fined um, up to um, 18 million or 10% of their global profits. So it's in their uh, best interests um, to be changing um, the networks. And there's no reason why they cannot change it, um, in all honesty, you know, which spreads, uh, you know, misinformation, fake news, impersonating people. It's not just about impersonating, uh, you know, celebrities anymore. It's about individuals and then using that information to social engineer and infiltrate um, organisations, you know, we are all at risk um, of this. Um, and so it's really important to protect uh, your personal uh, brand, really. So I think that's a really, I mean, first of all, it's obviously a really sort of shocking, deeply disturbing story. So I appreciate it on a personal level, that must have been awful. I mean, I'm just trying to think about, uh, uh, I mean, obviously, it's a really complex uh, area. I mean, 10% of the fee, I mean, that's 4% of the fee was GDPR. So it's it's really great that they're pushing that up because obviously that's a lot of money that they don't want to get mm. fined. Um, I mean, when, when we're talking on Let's Go about our influencer marketplace and we're making sure that the influencers claiming their profiles are who they say they are, they might have two Twitter profiles or they might have two, you know, one LinkedIn and one Twitter. We want to make sure that they're the same person. Um, that's quite a complex thing. When you can create 15 different Twitter profiles mm. with with names that could be play names, not you know, aliases, not your actual exact aliases, and then pulling images from the web and then just creating an email address and yeah. backing that up. I mean, it's, um, yeah, it, it, it's a massive challenge for, for organizations. And I mean, I guess your story shows that it's not just the celebrities, because I hadn't actually heard of anyone um, that had their identity stolen there. But I mean, it's, uh, if it's coming more mainstream, then I mean, maybe it's not. Maybe it's because you were LinkedIn top voice that you were targeted. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. But um, it is a it is a challenge for us with when we're talking about you know ten thousand people or you know up to one million. But when you have five hundred million plus users with maybe up to fifteen accounts that they could create each, um, yeah, it's massively challenging. Yeah, I think it's because. Um, e email addresses, you only need an email address, don't you, um, to attach there. And then, of course, the email um, service providers, they don't do any verification either. So it's not just the social networks that are at fault here. It's also, uh, you know, those that are enabled. So it's like a whole chain, isn't it? It's a whole ecosystem, uh, really, when it comes um, to this. And I mean, I w was fortunate. I had contacts at LinkedIn and could get this resolved relatively quickly. But, you know, normal people they spend weeks trying to sort this out and it's very distressing for them and ultimately the networks these technology providers you know have a responsibility and you know unfortunately with the um, online safety bill they didn't accept the online uh, verification and make making sure that it was um sort of people had to put sort of a passport or a driver's license to verify who they are. But there are other ways to verify people as well. Photo ID. So for instance, the facial recognition, 
is this person the person that is creating the account very simple um, to do there and that doesn't require an ID card it doesn't require a passport because there are a lot of people that don't have those um, things with them for whatever reason um, that may be but yeah there is a lot of work to be done here and it's only really going to get worse if it's not tackled. I think also it's about educating employees that this this happens um, isn't it because a lot of employees don't realize that this can happen to people they do think like you said tim i think they think it happens to celebrities it wouldn't ever happen to me so i think this whole managing your brand is yeah. so important because you don't know who out who else is out there taking your name and and exactly. you know impersonating you um you know it's, it's quite a frightening prospect actually that it's coming mainstream i think and yes. This is clearly one of your passionate topics then, is it? Social media yes. security. And <laughs> yes, I am the champion of the person that, um, you know, has their identity um, stolen. But I mean, I've got some tips for people that they can take away today to start really protecting their personal brand. The first thing is, is to do is to get the domain name with their name on. Um, so I obviously have zoesands.com. If that's not available to you, get a, a .co.uk, get a country uh, domain um, set up and then put that to an about me page. So then you've got a one page, a one uh, web page, very quick and easy. And that's going to cost you less than um, $100 a year to keep that maintained and that is like a verification of you and that nobody then can steal um, that. Um, the next thing to do is to secure your custom URL on your main uh, sort of social network so whether that's LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, all of that using your first name and your last name again secure that. If you have a popular name you may have to just alter that slightly different to put a number in or um, another letter um, in there but really taking that set up a google alerts on your name that's going to come through whenever your name is mentioned online uh, so if somebody posts something publicly on facebook you're going to get alerted um, to that straight away so that you can start hoovering up some of these maybe um, not so nice activities that are happening around your name and then regularly um, search for yourself on um, the networks um, and on Google as well. I wouldn't say every single day and get obsessive about it, but, you know, make it an activity at least once a month, you know, when you're checking if you've been paid uh, from work. Also, check just your name on Google and on the networks, just as, you know, it's just some routine, really, um, to get it in there. Because at the, old, at the end of the day, you are a brand in your own right and you need to protect that. Uh, because that's protecting uh, your future and your future career as well. I mean, you don't want information popping up against your name that's untrue and that is fake news about you. Nice. Um, I, so, I, I mean, I think it's so important to talk about the protection of identity, and I, and I totally um, I hear what you're saying on that. I would love to understand, because obviously that this has come out of someone you know, stealing your identity and obviously the really importance of uh, correcting that and putting a fundamental solution in place. Um, but I'd love to ask you just a slightly different question. Where's, what inspires you in social media? What's your sort of your positive drive, putting the sort of risk aside? Like what what topics do you love to talk about and, and you know, what, 
what what are your personal goals over the coming years on like yeah. you know how this sort of shows up with who you are yeah it's a good question um tim although you know obviously i've had this negative thing happen i'm not dissing the networks because it's my bread and butter at the end of the day isn't it it's my money maker so um ultimately you know i will continue to use um the social um, networks and the communities because you know it helps with my career at the end of the day but you know ultimately and why i've been drawn to this sort of career and job is because it's learning and sharing and you know i see the benefits of you know information that i find useful and sharing that and then creating that in the community and then getting the feedback from others and then people saying oh that's really useful thanks for sharing that and it's it's that sort of recognition isn't it that the information that you're providing is actually helping somebody else and it goes back to that sort of community aspect isn't it it's that peer-to-peer -peer, um relationship and, and creating your sort of own tribe um as sarah has done uh, with tribal impact it's it's bringing like-minded people um together and of course you know things that i um do share may not you know always be um taken well or um people that are interested um in it and stuff like that at the end of the day so yeah I, I suppose that's uh, my take on it. Oh, who? So you are quite influential in your own right, Zoe. But who, <laughs> well, probably more than you think. <laughs> but who who influences you? Who do you look at? I'm quite interested to learn about. You know, who do you? Where do you? What do you read? Who do you watch? Who do you learn from? Yeah. So. I don't have anyone that influences me because I am very strong minded myself. But what I do do is, yeah, I might see something that somebody's doing that I think, yeah, that's interesting. That's an interesting communication mechanism. Let me try it out. And it's it's looking all the time, not specifically at a in, individual, for instance, but just being investigative, looking on the channels, looking in the networks, on the web and seeing what opportunities that other people are doing, how I can spin that myself and maybe add my own little bit of icing on the cake when it comes to that. So it's, you, it's all about really looking for opportunities, maybe recycling up something that somebody else has done and actually making it better, um, trying it out. You know, sometimes you've got to have that risk and reward at the end of the day, haven't you? You know, you don't know if something's going to work unless you try it. And you've got to be prepared to fail because not everything that you see or that you think of is going to work at the end of the day. So, yeah, it's taking a risk, looking around. I wouldn't say try and mimic other people, you know, be yourself and be individual and, you, you know, take the best of what other people have done and leave the rest and then work your own a personal brand, your own company's brand as well, making that individual rinse and repeat never works because you'll never get the same results that somebody else has got because they are targeting a completely different market to yourself. So I would always say, don't try and rinse and repeat other people. Just take the best and leave the rest. That's a good line. <laughs> yeah, no, I think what comes across is you're you're very analytical. You know, you know, you you're you seem very considered and analytical. That you're you like a sponge, just absorbing all of the best stuff that's happening, and then processing it, and then you know, personalizing it to what to how you would use it. And yeah. I think that's the great thing about social media that you can 
absorb all of the education and then there's okay so what am i going to do with that and if you i almost feel like there's a there's a, a very sort of stupid analogy where at university i used to be late on a deadline and i used to try and just read other people's you know almost like copy their copy yeah. their work but not write what they've written just try to get all the best ideas and then go and write my own because i didn't have a clue where to start um, tim should you be like talk, do, talking about that <laughs> well i think it, it's, on LinkedIn. it's so long ago it's three decades ago like it's um it's, okay, it, it's okay i think um, edit that bit. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but i but i think almost like you know it wasn't the best approach to university but almost in social media you can't come up with all the best learnings because there's Wikia, there's Reddit, like everyone's, you, you've got so much support and help and you're not, you're not um, plagiarizing anyone in a copyright sense. You're just taking all, I mean, you, you provided some really interesting learnings here. Like Sarah and I might use that um, for, you know, best practice and say Zoe like came up with a really good idea, but it's the culmination of all of that and then personalizing it that constantly allows you and everyone else to grow, which I think is, amazing about social media and you seem to be doing yeah. that extremely well yeah yeah I, I agree Tim I think you sort of like the rinse and repeat copying it's just never going to work because people would just say I've seen that before or I recognize that from somebody else and do you want to be recognized by somebody else's work no you want to carve out your own destiny and your own future by being unique no one wants to be a sheep like the others you want to have something that's completely different um, to others I think that's what makes a lot of employees a bit nervous though, isn't it? I mean, when we, you know, when we start talking to them, they're like, oh, no one's interested in what I've got to say. And I, I, I'm a bit worried I'm going to get shot down because I've said something slightly wrong or, or, you know, they don't agree. And I think there's a lot of hesitancy around that because they're a bit nervous about putting themselves out there and experimenting. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a question actually about just going back to your LinkedIn top voice um, and you were regularly creating content, you said. Um, I'm quite interested to know what that was about and where, how you stepped into that content creation from content sharing to moving to actually creating your own stuff. Did it? How did that happen? Yeah, so the reason why I do some of the things is actually to encourage other people to do them in the business that I work. So practicing what I preach, really, because you can't actually sort of advise other people to blog, to write to do things unless you're actually doing it yourself and you've got proof that it works for yourself before you can advise others and for others to do it and you know people aren't going to do something if they don't see you doing it so it's, it's very much practicing what what i preach really and you know i do see the value in writing creating that content whether it's from a video aspect to written to infographics it's all valuable at the end of the day, but you know, you have to be doing it in order to make a change in your organization. And if you're not doing it, it's going to be very difficult to make that change. Mm. So practice what you preach. Exactly, exactly. We've got a few little tips here, haven't we? Oh, hello, Leanne. Leanne's on as well. So nice to, oh, so Leanne's got a question actually. Hold on a minute. I so hope it's an easy one because I can't <laughs> see it. <laughs> Is this, what would you say to tagging people in your posts to start a conversation? People you know well, of course, is it good to approach or could it be misunderstood as someone seeking attention? What's your oh, view? That's an interesting one, isn't it? So 
I do find it annoying when people tag me in posts. So you, you have to think from the individual's perspective, really. I'm being quite, you know, direct and blunt uh, there. But, um, yeah, if somebody's going to use my name, I would want, I, th I think it stems from, you know, the abuse of my name, really. I would want to know um, in advance that they're going to do that and I'm more likely to be on board with it. Uh, when I do see it at the end of the day um, so yeah and if you don't know the, the person never use their name um, because you don't know what kind of backlash you're going to do if you're going to use customers and partners name you need to get permission um, to do that um, so you shouldn't be putting out posts that mention your customers unless you've got the uh, written approval um, to do that. And likewise, if you're uh, using a channel or a partnership, um, it's always um, good courtesy to uh, mention that you're going to do it really. Yeah. Don't, self, don't tag Zoe. In. Yeah, yes, exactly. That's <laughs> it. Um, I, I think. I think. I think what you're also saying is that you know, if you if you know, if if it's right to do it, if it feels right, then yeah. then obviously that's okay. Um, I actually um, I actually tagged a lot of people when I first started posting because. I was trying to bring together a community and a lot of the people that I had already met and spoken to that I knew had very passionate views on a topic, I wanted to try and galvanize into talking about a specific topic and that worked really, really well. And actually I knew some of the people were so busy, they actually scrolled through their social media in front of me and they only looked at notifications. They didn't look at their feed because yeah. there was just too many conversations happening. So mm. a lot of them said, actually, thanks for flagging that to my attention because I wouldn't have seen it otherwise. So yes. there are people that are very grateful and then you might tag a few people that never ever engage. And so I dropped them quite quickly because I knew that they probably didn't appreciate it. Um, so I think there's just a balance, but it's, I mean, everyone I think that is social says, you know, would you like invite some people to a party that you had met at a networking event? You wouldn't put an invite out to someone that you never mm. spoke to at that party. But yeah, if you had had a two minute conversation and got along really well, you could offer it up to them and see whether they're interested. So I think, I think it's a very good question and it, it just depends really. But I suppose if it feels wrong, then it probably is. Yes, yeah. I think if you've got people speaking at uh, an event and they've agreed to do that, then yes, um, tag them. But I mean, if you haven't, you know, got that relationship with them, then you need to tread carefully, really, I, I think, to be quite honest. And you know, I think about exactly. myself, you know, I've got, you know, quite a lot of um, few thousand people following me and stuff like, can you imagine, even if a thousand people tagged me? It's a lot, isn't it, really? You know, when you start thinking about that, one or two is okay. But when you've got a lot of people tagging you, it's not fun. Yeah, that's your whole day gone, isn't it? I was just yeah. going to ask about your social media routine. And, you know, a lot of people who watch these, are they're trying to get inspired by people who have mastered the process and they understand it. And in more cases, they, it's just been absorbed into their DNA. So they can't compartmentalise when they're on social and when they're not. But mm. do you have a routine? Because we did have a few actually that came to this interview, didn't we, Tim? That said, oh, yeah, we do. I do have a routine. I'm on it in the morning with my cup of tea or... You know, what's your social routine? Are you on it at the weekends, off it in the, you know, off it at the weekends? What, how do you work? I would out? say it's all the time, really. But it is my job, though, isn't it? So it's yeah. it's very different. I, I mean, in the morning, I'm on there straight away because I have to see if there's any alerts um, that's related to the business that need to be actioned, for instance. 
I'm also on the news channels as well all the time because obviously when um, things break in the news that can affect our social activity uh, as an example for instance if something awful happens in the news you know a, a terror alert or something like that we need to suspend our activity it's not good pumping out your know, messaging uh, when um, things are happening like that um, in the world uh, so it's really having that sort of um, pulse um, on there and, and you just get into um, a rhythm um, of it um, yeah I, I like to have a little lurk on the weekend and, and see what's um, going on there and stuff like that I have um, taken to um, sort of you know taking off my notifications occasionally because sometimes it does get too much when the phone is just like constantly like that and it's it's the psychology of it at the end of the day, isn't it? Because those alerts then prompt you to go on there. And it's not always good to be on there 24-7. You know, you need a break from a, uh, from a mental perspective, you know, um, sort of self-care at the end of the day because you don't want to be broadcast to. Or, or even, you know, from a personal perspective, you know, people, you know, creating these pseudo um, social lives that are actually one moment in time and not really reality uh, so it, it's it's down to personal preference at the end of the day but I would say to people you, you know what's good for you and what's enough for you as well yeah I like it you obviously live and breathe your you live and breathe social media it's part of it's what I like about it is just part of your daily fabric it's not it's not a decision to go on it it's just hmm. it's just there um, yes but I've seen people put red stickers on the, the apps on their phone that they shouldn't go to more than <laughs> like twice a day or like Amber. So your people are doing some pretty crazy stuff to, to actually try and wean themselves off it. Oh, um, really? It's I quite funny say... when you see like a rainbow phone with like, oh, what the hell is that? Um, <laughs> I've not oh, seen that. I'm allowed, to go on, I'm allowed to go on the green buttons as much as I want. But the red <laughs> ones, uh, I'm, I'm only allowed to go on twice a day. So, um, I'm talking uh, about kids here. This sounds like no, no, adults, like, adults, adults, adults. Yeah, <laughs> I do you that can, on my kids' tablets. It's like can, an hour a day. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> do you have? It's interesting. You said about um, turning off the notifications. You know, I turn mine off at Christmas. So over mm -hmm. Christmas, I had a break, and I've not turned them back on. You know. Um, which is a bit of a problem sometimes because I don't see, I get my dad ringing me saying, don't you check your phone. Um, but I have turned them off because I, I found it was just ping, ping, ping all the mm -hmm. time. And um, so it's quite, do you have yours on then, Tim? Have you got, do you have yeah, that? I, I have mine on, but I mean, yeah. I, on everything, I mean, I've got, got 50,000 unread emails and, and some people say <laughs> that that would stress them out. I just don't, I ignore them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. So anybody who's watching that hasn't had a reply from Tim, but I, but I, <laughs> and his university. I, but I, I think this is this is actually this is actually how things are evolving. I see these as new news feeds, your your email, your social account. Because you know, Zoe, you were talking about uh, you know, social communities being the new email broadcast mechanism. I think everything is blending, and yeah. sometimes someone. DMs me on LinkedIn, I reply back by email, or I, I message them on Clubhouse or spin up a room there, or I, I forget where you know, it's all like a moving feast. It's become um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that can stress a lot of people out. And I kind yeah. of just miss stuff because it's just like all going so fast. Um, yeah. And because it's part of the daily fabric. But I do think there needs to be that cutoff. And, and if you can't deal with that, you really need a break. 
Yes, mm. yeah, yeah. It, it's knowing when to get into the stream of content and when to get out, you know, so that you d survive really and that you don't drown, um, you know, in the flow of information. Um, and at the end of the day, not everything is valuable, is it, whilst it's on um, social? Just because somebody's published something doesn't mean that it has any of uh, value. Um, it's, it's really um, in the perception of individuals at the end of the day. Can I ask just... Um... One last question, because I know that we've uh, we're probably going to come out to, um, to time, but I just really love to get your perspective on organic reach on LinkedIn. Yeah. It it used to be relatively easy for some people to post videos and get fifteen to thirty thousand views when they posted a video content. Maybe back in like three or four years ago, or two to three years ago. Now the same videos are getting probably a twentieth of the engagement. I'd love to get your tips, if you've got any, on how to drive better reach engagement on LinkedIn with the changing algorithm. Yeah. So it's, it's all about the content and the value of the content at the end of the day. Is that content worthy of those views? Because if you're comparing, uh, you know, apples with apples and you've got one piece of content that worked really well five years later and you want to use the same piece, uh, you know, now, it's not going to work. You know, it, it, people have evolved. People want something different. You've got to stay on the cusp of that. I think being in LinkedIn and creating content in LinkedIn, so like um, on the uh, posts, um, you know, normal updates, um, uploading uh, live videos, it creating the content in the network is actually going to sort of reinvigorate the algorithm when you're actually creating content and that it's sending people off the platform that's when your engagement ducks off because linkedin is not in the business of sending people to another website they want you in their network so you need to utilize the tools that linkedin has and keep people in the network because that's what linkedin ultimately want to do so think in the mind of the owner of LinkedIn is Microsoft. Ultimately, they want people to stay within this environment. They don't want you to send them to uh, YouTube. They want you to post videos inside um, LinkedIn and keep people there. So it's making sure that it's it's native content natively in LinkedIn, which is actually going to be more successful than posting content that's going to drive somewhere elsewhere all over the place. Good tip. Great, thank you. You're welcome. So I hope that has been helpful for um, everybody. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, re look at the video, reach out to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it that that's been really good, actually? Thank you, Zoe. And I think, you know, there's two new things that have come up for me Reddit and the security, which we've never had on these chats before. So um, they're the key things for me. But I've got, you know, lots of tips. So thank you for sharing that. Really good. You're welcome, and Zoe. um I think I might close this one if that's all right, Tim. Normally, you can I do it. Yeah. So, thank you very much, Zoe. And if anybody who's watching this or watching the recording, um, if you go to Onalytica or Tribal Impacts Resources page, you can see the the back catalogue. And we've also got an ebook coming out soon with all the recordings in, which are with all the funny bits as well, um, with Tim's uh, own owning up to his <laughs> university plagiarism. <laughs> well, thank you. And I, th I think I think you also asked someone uh, someone what they're wearing or something it like was that. Um, yeah. Well, well, and, yeah. and your kids coming in, so um, yeah, they're all uh, in there. All the so I look, for look forward to those as well. well. That's brilliant. Thank you.
Yeah, thank you, Zoe. Brilliant. Thank you for your time. Really enjoyed that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks so much, Zoe. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>